This week's episode is brought to you by Savannah Singletree, Coolio, Noah Arbor, and Mink Miss. Thank you, Savannah Singletree, Coolio, Noah Arbor, and Mink Miss. It's with the generous support of listeners just like you that helps keep the whole rabbit's employees' heads wrapped tightly in protective layers of microwave-scattering tinfoil helmets designed to sink our brainwaves with a giant emerald rabbit buried beneath our headquarters that we keep surrounded by highly pressurized donut-shaped reservoirs of liquid mercury which we circulate at relativistic speeds to keep trans transmitting the show in all four known dimensions of time. If you'd like to help keep our Rosenthal Bridge transmitter array powered, or just hear the second half of this show, then please visit www.patreon.com slash the whole rabbit, where your monthly donation of just five bucks will not only get you immediate access to our entire library of extended episodes available to browse and listen to right inside Spotify, but I'll send you a five by five high quality vinyl sticker of our Big Bunny Baphomet cover art, and the secret keys to our Discord server, where you can hang out in our squishy beanbag chairs. For those of you looking for some esoteric insight, a $20 a month option exists on our Patreon that gets you a 20-minute tarot reading each month with yours truly over video chat. I do these more and more each month, and I'm stoked that people are enjoying them. I'm confident you will too. On the other hand, if you're enjoying the free section of the show and would rather save your five bucks for an economy-sized bottle of fancy mustard, then please consider giving us a like, subscribe, or share on your social media platform of choice. It's with your good publicity that the show continues to grow and improve. On this week's episode, we bravely put on our tinfoil hats and go for a deep dive down into the dubious, gaslit world of gang stalking. Instead of confining ourselves to merely mocking the tortured minds who believe themselves to be targeted, Targeted individuals, we explore in earnest the historical precedents for their claims by looking at the times, places, and governments who spied on and harassed their own citizens until they either died or went crazy. We start by exploring the mysterious and relatively recent cases of Havana Syndrome before moving into the official civilian stalking programs used by Nazi Germany and the Soviet KGB. In the extended episode, we focus on the high-tech directed energy weapons the United States and Soviet Russia used to, amongst other other things beam spoken words directly into people's brains. To wrap things up, we discuss the metaphysical circumstances that might lead to someone becoming convinced they're being watched or even harassed by a network of intelligent beings. Disclaimer, if you're a communist, fascist sympathizer or sufferer of paranoia, this episode might upset you a tiny bit. Fair warning. Thank you and enjoy the show. a microwave spying on you was bad just remember your vacuum has been gathering dirt on you for years <laughs> uh, <laughs> i like that one 
An English spy, a Scottish spy, and an Irish spy are captured by the Nazis. The Nazi asks if they have any last wishes. The Irishman says, I want the Irish national anthem to be played before I die. Then the Scotsman says, I want the Scottish anthem to be played on bagpipes before I die. And the Englishman says, I want to die first. <laughs> Alright, this is my favorite. What do you call two female lovers spying on the government? What? Lesbianage. Ah, oh, I almost had that. <laughs> Hello everybody, and welcome to The Whole Rabbit, where we don't just laugh at the claims of targeted individuals and smugly declare that gang stalking is nothing more than the paranoid delusions of people who are too unimportant to spend money to put government surveillance on. Nay. Well, honestly, we may be doing a tiny bit of that. But we are also going to explore the long and dark history of covert government programs designed to suppress political dissidents before taking a peek behind the curtain at the high-tech weaponry available to accomplish the task. Because this week, we're discussing gang stalking and mind control beams! Seriously, that's actually what this episode is about. I'm your host, Hackrabbit, also known as Luke Madrid. I'm joined this week by the mirthful mind manipulator, Marisama. Hey, y'all. The meta-mechanical musical mesmer, Malachor 5. Salutations, mortals. And the high-tech hypersonic hypnotizer, Heka Astra. Hello. Now, I have to admit, researching this topic did spook me out a little bit more than I had bargained for. Well, I'm sure there's plenty of LARPers and folks with untreated mental illness out there. The amount of reality behind this subject, it actually shocked me. Yeah, this is a kind of crazy topic and a little personal for me. I do advise our listeners to remove your tinfoil hats, as it only makes the V2K devices more effective. But if you decide to leave them on, we need the data. We're researching things here. We'll see how your brain does at the end of this whole thing. Wait, what's V2K? We're going to talk about that very soon, but it is short for Voice to Skull. We just skipped the S now. I was going to say, shouldn't it be V2S? Don't start asking questions. Don't. It. That's. Well, okay. Honestly, if we're going to pause here for this, I think it's a reference to Y2K. It just sounds badass. Uh... Well, let's start off by talking about an aspect of this technology that the public is aware of, or has at least heard of. The first time that I caught wind of any sort of technology like this was a few years ago with this thing that happened that is commonly called the Havana Syndrome. And a few years ago, there was a lot of buzz on the online community and just really the regular news too about some U.S officials and military personnel that had a pretty bizarre experience. While abroad, most famously while in Havana, Cuba, these people all began to experience strange symptoms that were subtle at first, but slowly grew to be worse and worse. Around November of 2016, U.S. diplomats in Havana went about their daily lives like normal. Go to work, be with family and friends, yada yada yada. While at home, some of these employees began to hear a piercing, sharp tone of sorts, like a cicada perhaps, but much more uncomfortable. And this noise persists throughout their entire evenings, sometimes for days. This would prompt any person bothered by this noise to maybe ask others if they hear it too. And yes, others would hear it too. Very interesting. Right? Some of these U.S. personnel even asked their property owners or the maintenance crew that worked on the building to investigate the issue and give some sort of relief to the annoying sounds. Of course, in this tale, the ringing sound is never really tracked down and thus never really fixed. This one example I heard about on YouTube involves a couple, which we know one of them worked for the U.S. in the Havana Embassy. And after all of about three days or so, both individuals started to feel very ill. Specifically, their symptoms include 
foggy brain, forgetfulness, fatigue, severe non-stop headaches, dizziness, confusion, and just a general sense that it might have to do with this ringing or buzzing sound. After 30 days, the U.S. diplomat goes to their job and shares his experience with their coworker. The response was a little unsettling. A 30-year-old male coworker expresses that he too is feeling off and that he also has recordings of the annoying sound. So this phenomenon is not just a one-off incident. At first, authorities thought maybe it was just a mass psychogenic illness, a fancy term for mass hysteria. We've spoken about it before. But when Michael A. Hoffer from the University of Miami was called in, he quickly discovered that every subject he examined had significant damage to their orolithic organs. That's the fluid-filled space of the inner ear which helps people orient themselves and keep balance. Oh, it doesn't sound comfortable at all. No, it's a really uncomfortable place to have damage. Because you're like dizzy all the time. You just might throw up because you're all nauseous and disoriented. Probably can't drink alcohol because you're just going to get more sick. You just always have the spins. That sucks. But to continue, Dr. Hoffer also concluded that each patient he examined from the embassy was suffering from concussion-like symptoms as well. Over the next couple of months, over 24 U.S. personnel report and show signs of the exact same symptoms. About a quarter of these individuals experienced a second level of even more intense effects, with no one able to even find treatment for a single case. There was no relief. So this prompted an official investigation by the U.S. government in January of 2017. As more cases emerged, the government realized it would need one facility to evaluate all of the cases, and it enlisted the help of the University of Pennsylvania. All these affected individuals were thoroughly examined here, all of which were identified using MRIs to have sustained varying degrees of brain damage similar to a concussion. But there was no actual, like, bludgeoning damage to the head or trauma in any of their experiences. You know, these were all like, no, I have been doing my normal thing. I haven't fallen. Nothing's bad happened to my head physically to something else. But when they did look at it under MRI, it did suggest traumatic brain injury, some worse than others. Brains with Havana syndrome seem to have a noticeably lower amount of white matter and less communication between the various regions of the brain. Doctors declared it a brain network disorder. Further tests on their neurological capabilities showed even more of a problem as they were all unable to make an adequate passing grade, for lack of a better word, I guess. When it came to their executive functioning and executive functioning is based on your behavior. It's kind of like what you're going to react and do, what's your first response kind of brain function. You know, that's that's what we're talking about there. Because then there's also spatial awareness, problems that they had so they kind of didn't know their environment and how to move around it. And they also had problems doing simple memory tests. So like a game like Goldfish or that one where you put all the cards down, face down, and remember where the ones are as you try to pair them together. They had problems doing simple things like that. One woman's eyes stopped functioning as a pair, leaving her severely crippled. In fact, a number of these employees had their careers totally destroyed, forcing them to come back to work only a couple hours a day in a much lower level capacity compared to their previous station. Even still, the U.S. government had no idea what was being used against its overseas employees. Eventually, the National Academies of Science was brought in and prepared a report which said that the symptoms and injuries were most plausibly being caused by a pulsed microwave energy source of some kind, likely a directed energy weapon. To some extent, the NSA even somewhat confirmed this was probably the case. Back in 1996, an NSA employee by the name of Michael Beck had fallen ill with something similar to Havana Syndrome, but his lawyer, Mark Zaid, found that getting him workers' compensation was exceedingly difficult, as the location and circumstances of Michael's work assignment was still classified. Finally, in October of 2014, the NSA gave Mark a document that confirmed the existence of intelligence information from back in 2012, four years before the Havana Syndrome first 
first made its way to the news. This statement indicated the country where Michael was serving was possessed of a quote, high-powered microwave system weapon that may have the ability to weaken, intimidate, or kill an enemy over time without leaving evidence. The 2012 intelligence information indicated that this weapon is designed to quote, bathe a target's living quarters in microwaves, causing numerous physical effects, including a damaged nervous system. As of now, the CIA, NSA, and State Department claim to be taking the issue very seriously and working diligently to get to the bottom of these attacks on embassy employees, which by now have become a regular occurrence on every single continent we have embassies. So that's like everywhere besides Antarctica. And this leaves many to wonder, are regular civilians ever the target of these directed energy weapons? Some say yes, it's happening to them. Yeah, this is like the classic crazy person thing, right? I had to destroy all my stuff because the government's listening to me. Uh, basically. Like, it's a classic one, so buckle up. Now, if you go out there on the internet, there's an entire community of people who believe themselves to be targeted individuals, and they often claim to be harassed by a lot more than just directed energy weapons. Targeted individuals often claim they're being followed, that random crowds of people seem to coordinate behavior against them on the street, saying ominous things when nobody else is watching, tampering with or destroying property, running them off the road, or sabotaging them at work, sometimes smearing their reputation with friends and family. Now, even if we can prove some political actors have been targeted for subtle forms of state-sponsored harassment, both Occam's razor and mainstream opinion is that most most people who believe themselves to be targeted individuals and don't have jobs as international spies and ambassadors are simply nut jobs or wackos whose claims are often banished from public discussion by the mantra of TAKE YOUR MEDS. After all, a number of the claims made by these supposedly targeted individuals do overlap with symptoms suffered by schizophrenics. I think the etymology of the word schizophrenia is pretty interesting. It comes from a German word that means a splitting of the mind, which is a two-part word, schizophrenia. I think is how you say it in German. So that's schizo, which is Latinized Greek for the word to split, you know, or to cut something. And then the second, you know, half of the word is made of the word ferin, which means heart or mind. And they would use it in a way where it's like your wits or your sanity. So for the ancient person, I guess the word schizophrenic would mean somebody whose heart or their mind is split and you don't know which one you're looking at at any given time, perhaps. Which is interesting because we think, oh, it means crazy. But if you look at the etymology, that's exactly what happened to those embassy employees. Their lives were completely shattered, their beloved careers destroyed, and they were set against themselves. Everyone thought they were crazy. So in a sense, directed energy weapons are literally designed to make you nuts. But back to schizophrenia. According to the American Psychiatric Association, schizophrenia is a chronic brain disorder that affects less than 1% of the U.S. population. When schizophrenia is active, symptoms can include delusions, hallucinations, disorganized speech, disorganized or canatotic behavior and negative thinking such as diminished emotional expression or abolition. So to be more specific, the DSM-5 or Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders requires that at least two of those symptoms be present and at least one of them must be one of the first three in order to meet the criteria for a diagnosis. Obviously, there are other factors that are considered like the duration of episodes and possibilities of other disorders. The criteria for schizophrenia changed from what it previously was as of 2013 and the disorder is now considered to be a spectrum disorder, so it's now referred to as schizophrenic spectrum disorder. Those changes have allowed for more accurate diagnoses, which is especially important since not everyone experiences it the same way or has the same symptoms. I think that's a good way to put it. It is a, it is most likely a spectrum as far as I can understand it. 
it also requires you to be absent of other disorders. So if you have major depressive disorders, you're unlikely to get a schizophrenic diagnosis. And there's no objective or diagnostic test. You can't just put a test strip up your butt and be like, oh, look, he's crazy. <laughs> you have to be talked to by a doctor. They have to investigate your behavior. Um, but what we do know is that schizophrenia happens most of the time in early adulthood. That's when it pops up. And then symptoms typically increase and develop gradually. Now, although the terminology of paranoid schizophrenia is now considered outdated, schizophrenia is often accompanied by paranoid delusions, which are referred to as delusions of persecution. Looking at WebMD, the first Google result for this term, delusions of persecution include the common following examples. Number one, a co-worker is trying to hurt you, like poisoning your food. Pretty common experience for people with food allergies and dumbass co-workers. Anyway, Number two, your spouse or partner is cheating on you. Number three, the government is spying on you. They would never do that. And four, people in your neighborhood are plotting to harass you. As you may have figured out by now, if someone claims they're being gang-stalked, such claims do dovetail neatly with these classical symptoms of schizophrenia. Naturally, when considered a form of harassment intended to either drive someone insane or make people believe they are, we are left with the chicken or the egg scenario. Are these self-proclaimed targeted individuals merely crazy or is it as they claim that somebody or a whole gang of somebody's just wants us to think they are before going further down the rabbit hole i thought it would only be prudent to include some fresh examples of what these claims of gang stalking typically look like you know for science the following are sourced from the internet from this week naturally i also feel compelled to say the following examples are not the expressed beliefs and opinions of anyone on the whole rabbit they are examples of people claiming they are targeted individuals so to get to the first example Example. It's from an anonymous user. It says, I'm a TI, and they're talking to me via my Neuralink implant. This implant was installed into everyone using COVID test sticks. Right, so what they're saying here is that the swab that they were putting up people's nose had a device on it, and that's an implant that's up there now, and they're being targeted with the electronics now. Yeah, Elon Musk is watching you poop. It's great. He's the poop king. This next example also comes from an anonymous user, except this one has a Confederate flag on their post, so. <laughs> Does that mean I get to read it, y'all? Yes. Please. So in res he's responding to the original poster. Yes, I was involved in politics and spent years after having one to six taxi cabs from a specific taxi company sit in front of my house for hours at any time I did something political. Then the tactic switched to the local police declaring adult women to be underaged and then lobby owners to ban me from places on the basis of my interactions with women in their 20s was pedophilia. Meanwhile, on social media, I get daily friend requests from fake accounts where the pictures of the supposed friend requestee are all modified in some ways to have abnormal intensive stares. <laughs> cool story bro dude i want to be the spy that sends friend requests but only from profiles that scowl <laughs> can i read the next one <laughs> yeah go for it this one's whew. this is gold these opening lines these are not the expressed opinions of the whole rabbit okay please continue Th this one has an american flag stars and stripes on it by the way they say I disagree. I was an actual T.I. for a while. Not the 95% who claimed to be T.I. but are meth schizos. <laughs> I sh 
posted about it here and put attention to the term media feedback so much that Wikipedia has since deleted the article. KGB and CIA targeted individuals to purposely make them snap, usually enemies of the state. Ever notice how TIs always white males, slightly quirky personality types? Same with mass shooters. Usually white males that had a slightly quirky personality type. The end goal is not data. It's to push young white males to snap and take it out on the public via mass shootings. Ted Kaczynski was one of the CIA's earliest prototypes. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> then they refined their methods and now they crank out shooters. The end goal is to strengthen gun legislation and create a larger pool of people sympathetic to disarming the civilian population. The American population is the most heavily armed civilian population in human history and it's in countless adversaries' interest to disarm us as much as possible. And cultist psyop shit like gang stalking and media sensational coverage is a perfect tool to do so. Not gonna lie, that last bit makes sense. <laughs> this is where I play a clip of Alex Jones being like, and 1776 will commence again, Pierce Morgan! We're coming for you, NWO globalists! You're talking to one of the five percenters here. They're freaking interdimensional demons! See, my superpower is being honest, I'll eat your ass. I will! <laughs> and this next one was posted in like 10 or 12 places for days on end. So this person's, <laughs> they're going through it. SOS, I am being directly or indirectly terrorized by the US and being kept in extreme poverty. I have been forced to live on less than 15,000 a year for over 30 plus years straight while working with two STEM degrees. If you don't understand how this can happen, you haven't been subject to the same abuses. I have been subject to lifelong community targeting, psychological warfare, economic slavery, purposeful neglect, domestic and international terrorism, cyber stalking, gang stalking, scapegoating, gaslighting, and other occult judgments and warfare. Groups within the US and UK have antitrusted me, stole my ideas, and profited off me for decades while I live in poverty. I have solved numerous unsolved problems, having healing techniques that could help thousands, and provided hundreds of ideas and solutions across fields, and I am given no credit or recognition. I have been terrorized and kept in slavery my entire life. I am being denied regular access to any and all resources including food, water, shelter, medical, land, rocks, trees, and so on, or any money or other resources whatsoever. I am being denied access to functional government, community, or of any recourse against targeted abuse. I am living under terror and slavery and forced to work beyond my my aging physical limit dealing with daily survival level resource issues. I've not had a break from constant resource duress for 30 years. I've had no growth in 30 years. I am living under abuse. I want to leave now and am pinned down without any resource to escape at the moment. I am seeking immediate evacuation or sanctuary and or passage to the coast or abroad to seek allies or refuge status. S-O-S. And this next one just might be my favorite. Okay, Hecka Aster, take it away. Why is it the gang stalkers telepathically connect brainwaves with me through the sex playlist to subliminally reiterate my name from the speakers while I partake in a dalliance with porno? Hmm? Particularly placed before climax? I am completely befuddled. Yet still, I am without fear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing if these stories are true, but Listen, if that last one is true, that's still pretty funny. He's <laughs> just like watching porn and right as he's about to come it like, just says his name. <laughs> Normal. It's like uh. fuck. Is is that is that God? Like holy shit! You really are watching. So well, it's easy to imagine that everything we've discussed thus far is entirely the paranoid delusional fantasy of people who believe they are so much more important than they truly are. It would be intellectually dishonest to ignore the historical precedents for such bizarre claims, which may be more significant than first considered. Well, that's cool because, like, I'm so glad we found a topic where we don't have to talk about Nazis being involved. Oh, how wrong you are. Of course. As with any good conspiracy theory, the historical origins stretch back to Nazi Germany. Aww. 
During the final days of World War I, Germany had transformed itself into a military dictatorship, operating by way of the supreme high command of the military under the German Emperor Wilhelm II of the House of Hohenzollern, the royal family. As it became clearer and clearer that the German army was on the brink of losing the war, political unrest began to stir back in the German mainland between various political factions over who would lead Germany into its uncertain future. Naturally, some political factions supported the German crown, which had dominated the region since the Holy Roman Empire, while others clamored for communist Bolshevism, or a Republican government operated by the citizenry. Even though defeat was fast approaching, the German imperial crown and the military dictatorship under it wanted to blame the rise of these opposing factions for the failure of the German army to defeat the Allies. Specifically, Chief of Staff First Quartermaster General Heinrich Ludendorff told his staff on October 1st, 1918, I have asked his majesty to include in the government those circles who are largely responsible for things having developed as they have. We will now see these gentlemen move into the ministries. Let them be the ones to sign the peace treaty that must now be negotiated. Let them eat the soup they have cooked for us. No soup for you! While this allowed the German imperial leadership to cope with their own failure, it was also an attempt, which eventually proved successful, to blame whatever came next on their political opponents and prime the population to be receptive towards future incarnations of the German nationalist dictatorship culminating with the rise of the Nazi party. This is hilarious because you made the soup Nazi joke and it's actually like a soup Nazi. Make them eat the soup and he's a he's like a proto-Nazi I guess. I'm always surprised by the magical current of Seinfeld. It's not to be underestimated. We'll get to synchronicity in the extended show but for now. So when the fascists eventually did rise to power they doubled down on the sentiment expressed earlier by Ludendorff and they began to scapegoat their military defeat in World War One on Republicans, Democrats, Communists, and especially the Jewish people, which they villainized as the source of all their problems. This idea that the Germans had lost World War One due to political upheavals at home would come to be known as the stab in the back myth and was used by the Nazis to justify severe restrictions of speech against anything that could be interpreted as opposing political beliefs or ideologies, or even foreign policy. That's just a recipe for disaster. This was exciting to research because you can say a lot of things about the Nazis, but this particular thing they did, it was egregious to everyone, including the people they considered themselves, right? Like it wasn't just bad for the scapegoats. It was bad for everybody under this system. So in 1938, in the lead up to World War II, the Nazi party would implement this policy for the military in its wartime special penal code, but extended it to the population in 1939. On this point, section 5 of the penal code read, Whoever openly challenges or incites others to refuse to fulfill their duty to serve in the German armed forces or their allies, or otherwise openly tries to self-assertedly put up a fight to cripple or subvert the will of the German people or their allies, will be sentenced to death for undermining the military. As such, saying anything that could even be interpreted as opposing the Nazi party would be considered Verkraftsersatzung, a word that roughly translates to undermining of the defense force, which, as stated in the code, is punishable by death. Of course, this was pretty severe, considering that the offense of Verkraftsersatzung included remarks in opposition to the Nazi ideology, doubt about the legitimacy of the struggle for survival imposed on us, dissemination of news about battle fatigue and German soldiers deserting, doubt about 
about military reports, cultivating private contact with prisoners of war, disparaging that important weapon in war, German propaganda, discussing contingencies in the event of defeat. The assertion that Bolshevism, quote, is not so bad or that the democracy of our Western neighbors could be contemplated, unquote. Don't let me catch you thinking the thought crime. It's like as much propaganda as they put out. I know I, for one, would be like so sick of seeing it. But even like complaining about it, you'd you'd be put to death. That's insane. You just got to have a smile yeah. on your face all the time. They want to take the very notion of like, hey, you're thinking about the way people live in the West. They want to like remove that from ever being a reality for you. It's part of their effort to do this. Naturally, the most egregious offense was questioning the godlike status of the Fuhrer as the head of the National Socialist Secret Service of the Luftwaffe decreed in 1944. It has long been self-evident that whoever expresses doubt about the Fuhrer, criticizes him in his actions, spreads disparaging news or vilifies him, is without honor and worthy of death. Neither standing nor rank nor personal circumstances or other grounds can exculpate such a case. In the most difficult, deciding period of the war, Whoever expresses doubt about the final victory and thereby causes others to waver has likewise forfeited his life. Interestingly, sections of this penal code existed in German law as late as 1990. But what does this have to do with gang stalking exactly? Yeah, what's up? Well, I think we've established that there are now thought crimes, but we still have a ways to go. For starters, merely criticizing any aspect of the war, German military, or the Nazi party was punishable by death, and the phrase openly challenge in the penal code could be extended to include things said at home to one's spouse over dinner with family, etc. This suddenly meant that everyone around you, including your closest family members, co-workers, and even pedestrians on the street, were now capable of having you killed for letting it slip that something pissed you off. A sense of paranoia is never far off as everyone you know is now potentially a spy and, if they want to survive, they have to get pretty damn good at staying in character too. But Warcraft's Zetsung was still in its primordial form, and it would rapidly evolve. And they kind of had like a special people's court, and it was more their job to like suss out who the traitors were than it was to like actually do the justice thing as you might imagine it's essentially a witch hunt okay it's like they had to turn the population in on each other like that because they also didn't have technology then to do the spying so it was easier to just mass mind control everyone to rat out the people that have dissenting opinions so from that perspective it's like everyone is playing a character everyone is watching you they possibly could be figuring out your private thoughts, your private life, and then have you killed for them. So it's not exactly how gang stalkers imagine it today, but it's rapidly moving in that direction and it'll evolve into something kind of surprising. So I can totally see why this also connects to the technology like Mari was kind of getting into there. This is setting the stage for we need our propaganda to work so effectively that people do what we want them to do. We don't have the technology or the know-how to just invisibly project these kinds of motives in our people yet, but this is setting the stage for the environment that, in this case, the Nazis were trying to control, and with the technology we're going to get into later, it makes it totally possible and easier. So this is the story of setting the stage for how policing people with their thoughts and being inside of people's heads kind of gets started. I can see that totally. As a total 100%, 24-7, all the time, nonstop, day and night kind of thing, right? Scary. Scary shit. Yeah, this is the prototypical form. Now, eventually, Nazi Germany would lose 
World War II, and then Germany was divided in half between the Allied-occupied territories that used Western markets, etc., and then the Russian-Soviet territories in the East. It would be here, in East Germany, that the Nazi-era Verkraftsersetzung would get a rebranding, a sort of Communist Party facelift under the newly created Ministry of State Security, a thinly-veiled extension of the KGB, or Soviet Russian Secret Police. With East Germany now under the control of the Ministry of State Security, or Stasi, as they were popularly known, Verkraftsersetzung would become simply Zersetzung, and poetically, rather than remaining a terminology used to describe an offense perpetrated by political opponents against the state, would now become a method of covert harassment against political opponents by the state itself. This is a classic example of the old Soviet Russia joke. In Nazi Germany, you undermine the state. In Soviet Germany, state undermine you. I sat there like really scratching my chin, like, oh, they flipped it on its ass. And I was like, oh yeah, that's the thing they do. Now to accomplish its goal of total control over the population of East Germany, the Stasi employed a staggering 274,000 people in an effort to root out the quote, class enemy. By 1989, the Stasi employed 91,000 full-time agents, 2,000 unofficial collaborators, full-time spies, 13,000 soldiers, 2,000 officers, and 173,000 unofficial civilian informants. There were even 1,500 informants planted within West Germany. So, more spies. 10,000 of these informants were even children as young as 14. What the hell? Yeah, so little Hans could be spying on you right now. He's just a kid. Now, to put these numbers into perspective, a German-born American journalist once explained. The ratio for the Stasi was one secret policeman per 166 East Germans. When the regular informers are added, these ratios become much higher. In the Stasi's case, there would have been at least one spy watching every 60 six citizens. When one adds in the estimated numbers of part-time snoops, the result is nothing short of monstrous. One informer per 6.5 citizens. Whew. It would not have been unreasonable to assume that at least one Stasi informer was present in any party of 10 or 12 dinner guests. Like a giant octopus, the Stasi's tentacles probed every aspect of life. According to the Ministry of State Security 1985 Dictionary of Political Operatives, Zerzetsung was described as... <laughs> A method of operation by the Ministry for State Security for an efficacious struggle against subversive activities, particularly in the treatment of operations. With Zerzetsung, one can influence hostile and negative individuals across different operational political activities, especially the hostile and negative aspects of their dispositions and beliefs. So these are abandoned and changed little by little. And if applicable, the contradictions and differences between the hostile and negative forces would be laid open, exploited, and reinforced. Here's looking at you online UFO community. <clears throat> the goal of Zerzetsung is the fragmentation, paralysis, disorganization, and isolation of the hostile and negative forces in order to preventively impede the hostile and negative activities, to largely restrict or to totally avert them, and if applicable, to prepare the ground for a political and ideological re-establishment. Zerzetsung is equally an immediate constitutive element of operational procedures and other preventative activities to impede hostile gatherings. The principal force employed to implement Zerzetsung are the unofficial collaborators. These are the hundreds of thousands of spies pretending to be normal people, of course. Zerzetsung presupposes information and significant proof of hostile activities planned, prepared, and accomplished, as well as anchor points corresponding to measures of Zerzetsung. 
Zerzetsu must be produced on the basis of a root cause analysis of the facts and the exact definition of a concrete goal. Zerzetsu must be executed in a uniform and supervised manner. Its results must be documented. The political explosive force of Zerzetsu heightens demand regarding the maintenance of security. And then I included an image of, it's like a name identity badge. It shows Vladimir Putin, and here he is working for the Stasi in East Germany. So he was there doing his Putin thing around the same time. I thought it was interesting that the way they laid out Zerzetsung according to their own dictionary was like, we just mess with people's heads until they stop being a problem. And we're going to infiltrate every single group, every single political gathering ever, and we're going to make damn sure that absolutely nothing ever happens or changes around here, and that we are top dog all the time, no matter what. That's a crazy amount of manpower, you know, out there actively at doing the analog, you know, work of spying on people rather than using technology. It's just like, hey, you got to write these things down on a paper or typewriter after, you know, you, your day of going out and interacting with all these people and talking with your coworkers, I guess, because there was like one for every seven people or so. That's insane. Yeah, but it's also crazy. What if someone's just like a dick to you and then you could just turn them in for something they didn't even say? Like, there's no way to check and validate like any of those claims either without the technology well here's the thing but, when you turn him in they got a file on the guy they'd be like well based on a psychological profile you're just making this up by the way you go to the gulag now and you go to the gulag and you go to the gulag oprah winfrey just you're cool though you could say because <laughs> you're one of my guys right and then it's just like yo but seriously like just seeing where this all started from it makes a whole lot of sense like where the cia gets all this from and the fbi does it now too well that's what's so wonderful about this is that no matter where you are in the political spectrum, you could see how the cartoonish extreme version of your political opponents had a hand in this evil sort of surveillance and mind control. Now, it's estimated that this prolific spying apparatus resulted in the arrest of a quarter million East German citizens. So now, it wasn't just your family that could report you, but it was actually a team of spies keeping track of every little thing you say and do, reporting it directly to the state. After the Berlin Wall fell and Germany reunified, a former East German citizen could then go and ask to see the file that the Stasi had kept on them. And then they'd give you the file. I think this was a thing until like last year. And there's, they still have these files. Now under these conditions, even the most outlandish of today's internet rants about being stalked were technically possible, even likely scenarios. Of course, in East Germany during the Cold War. This can be easily illustrated with the words of British journalist Luke Harding, who once wrote, as applied by the Stasi, Zerzetsung is a technique to subvert and undermine an opponent. The aim was to disrupt the target's private life or family life so that they are unable to continue their quote hostile negative activities towards the state. Typically, the Stasi would use collaborators to garner details from a victim's private life. They would then devise a strategy to quote disintegrate the target's personal circumstances, their career, their relationship with their spouse, their reputation in the community. They would even seek to alienate them from their own children. The security service's goal was to use their Zetsung to quote switch off regime opponents. After months and even years of Zerzetsung, a victim's domestic problems grew so large, so debilitating, and so psychologically burdensome that they would lose the will to struggle against the East German state. Just have children, that works too. Best of all, the Stasi's role in the victim's personal misfortunes remained tantalizingly hidden. The Stasi operations were carried out in complete operational secrecy. The service acted like an unseen and malevolent god, manipulating the destinies of its victims. 
It was in the mid-1970s that Honecker's secret police began to employ these perfidious methods. At the moment the GDR was finally achieving international respectability, Honecker's predecessor, Walter Ulbricht, was an old-fashioned Stalinist thug. He used open terror methods to subdue his post-war population. Show trials, mass arrests, camps, torture, and of course the secret police. But two decades after East Germany had become a communist paradise of workers and peasants, most citizens were acquiescent. When a new group of dissidents began to protest against the regime, Honecker came to the conclusion that different tactics were needed. Mass terror was no longer appropriate and might damage the GDR's international reputation. A cleverer strategy was called for. The most insidious aspect of Zerzetsung is that its victims are almost invariably not believed. So we just make them sound crazy, but they're actually telling the truth and we get to continue what we're doing because nobody knows. Mass gaslighting. Essentially, that's what it is, mass gaslighting. So with this in mind, I think it's safe to say that while a lot of the folks online who run around making these big rants about being targeted individuals might seem totally bonkers, maybe they are totally bonkers, but now we know there is at least a historical precedence to back up the fact that it's possible they may be actually targeted individuals that are being driven crazy, although there's no way to know. That's the insidious part of it. I also think the numbers are important because the sheer amount of effort and attention given to this spy network operation, let's say somebody wanted to do that again, some government, powerful organization, whatever, they wouldn't necessarily need to get informants anymore because we have things like social media and we have things like NSA's PRISM program, right? That Snowden famously had to flee to Russia because he exposed as a whistleblower that we report on ourselves now. What are you thinking? Put it in your status. You know, they can see what you buy, where you go, who you're communicating with, and what, what you're you jacking off. Yeah. What you're jacking off to now, you know, you got a whole online profile that it, for the algorithm, is the truth. And it's who you really are. And it's the technology and the integration with what our brain wants now, the advertisements we get. Like, these, not every single individual who claims to be gang stalked is crazy, is what I'm saying. And uh, also the brain chip thing, that's actually now feasible on a mass scale. So, you know, it's it's kind of hard. I mean, it's hard to parse who's lying and who's telling the truth at this point because there is technology available for this kind of shit. Yeah, and there's people even in the Discord who have shared their stories about these types of things, and I've interacted with them sometimes here and there because some of this stuff gets very personal with me. But, you know, it's I, I think it's a possibility that there are people out there on the internet talking about a real gang-stalking situation, and they probably get laughed at by people like me because it sounds fun crazy and that's the whole mission in the first place is to make that whole community sound crazy so <laughs> yeah i wonder I if they even go above and beyond and use crazy implementation to stalk people just to make them sound insane when they tell other people about it you know as part of this strategy what i think is interesting that if you have a political podcast or if you're just an influencer and you have a really big discord or whatever it's like you can guarantee that there is at least one a agent or informant or algorithm that is keeping at least one little eye on what your group is doing. And a good intelligence agency, all they would have to do 
is just throw you off just a little bit, just a little bit. Slide the movement this way or that way or the conversation or the thread. And then or they dump, would, dump yeah. certain intelligence or false intelligence in your group and it would be like off the rails. That's the word on the street is that you don't have to lie so much as you just have to flood the entire channel of information with a bunch of false stuff, mix the truth with the lies and spam everybody with a bunch of fantastic stuff that makes people's brain go woo and then you can't figure out what's real or what's not like in the UFO right, community honestly. you got people that are like oh the aliens are good oh the aliens are all evil oh it's a prison planet oh this is a, a spiritual school for this and that it's like dude if the truth is out there you'd have to sift through the tons of disinfo to have any sort of chance at finding the truth uh, yeah what's interesting though about all this is that if we throw truth out of the whole equation it's just like well let me hear your tale like this stuff is really entertaining because people are like no I am not a meth head I'm actually one of, and you know those are I can remove myself from the situation and be like that's actually kind of a funny post like I'm not a meth head it's like okay meanwhile there's like it's like, whatever, you're a real person, maybe, maybe you're not. They're there injecting five marijuanas. If the truth is that there are, in fact, agents everywhere listening to everything, like, then I'm going to try to have as much fun with that as possible and not get myself targeted for lethal experiments, I guess. Because as they say, our government is an experiment and it's still functioning, quote unquote, but I'm just here to have fun because that's, that's what my religion says is to do. The truth only matters, like, on a spiritual level, but if they start f with me and my thoughts, and how I can connect with divinity, then I'd be really pissed off. And I guess for some people, these techniques do sever their connection to divinity and it prevents them from normal life and they feel a different way. And, you know, I, I do feel for people, even addicts and crazy people, like, I don't think they should just all be round up and offed. They should be helped. And, you know, I'm, I'm here to preserve life and all that stuff. But at what point does this, like, preserving life mission start to invade people's freedom? And ultimately, that's what this gang stalking is, is that, like, oh, they believe in a certain system them, and they're going to do everything in their power to, you know, enforce it, you know, to make sure that nobody thinks ill of my regime is like the, the first step. That's the weapon. Like That's the way to do it. Because I guess it's like the most non-brutal, non-lethal, but you're still ruining lives. You're still taking their connection to divinity away from them, I guess is what I'm saying. But even saying that doing this is for the good of people or, you know, the citizens or whatever. I mean, that's all, pardon my French, horse shit. It's all this really is about is control and power. But if you'd like to hear more about Zerzetsung and specifically about the high-tech weaponry that's used to modernize gang stalking and spying, including Project Pandora, the ADS system, the Eugene Wavelength, the Moscow Signal, Medusa, the Woodpecker, and of course, a discussion about the metaphysical nature of synchronicity and even the Thelemic Oath of the Abyss, then please visit www.patreon.com slash thewholerabbit, where your monthly donation of just five bucks will not only get you the entire extended version of this episode, but all our episodes going back about four years. I'll send you a 5x5 five five high quality vinyl Big Bunny Baphomet sticker of our cover art, and you'll get the secret keys to our Discord server where you can talk to us about the weird things your shadow handler does to you. Thank you, everybody. Eat carrots and shoot lasers. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs>